Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, I have a two-for-one for you. We have two guests. They're both co-founders of a company called Soon. So welcome to the show, Aaron Bylan and Mike Shattuck. Thank you very much. So loving the attire you guys are representing. <laughs> yeah, that was not intentional. We randomly yeah. the same shirt. <laughs> Come on, that's probably all you guys have in your closet. At least that's what it should be as as yeah. founders, right? Yeah. I mean, we have well, to be walking billboards for our, our companies wherever we can. Yeah. yeah, you'd be surprised. We have a ton of different variations of this. It's it's kind of funny that we wore the same color. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm really excited about talking about your business today because it's in the financial space, in the cryptocurrency, but you guys are doing something really unique there. Before we get into that, though, I'd really like to hear your answer to this question, and that is, what do you collectively think are three things that every entrepreneur needs to know because you guys have had some experience with other startups. You got this one right now, so you have a lot of experience there. Um, so what are three things every entrepreneur needs to know? How would we start with you, Mike? Yeah, so one thing that was really important to me that, that we realized later in the game that we, that we should have is to not focus on perfectionism. We mm -hmm. we came from a corporate backgrounds. I was a software engineer, and and I wanted to make sure that everything that I was building was as secure as possible, as, as well-built as possible, as architecturally sound. And in reality, the best thing that we could have done is is focused on getting the product out into the hands of customers, even if it was just in the, in the form of, uh, of beta testing, because mm -hmm. that gives us the ability to learn what we don't know. And you can't figure that stuff out if you're trying to think about it ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Right. And it's always that battle of when is it good enough, right? Yeah. Uh, that you can get it out there. And at the same time, not having a poor user experience where you're going to have people, you know, turned off by the product because those early customers are also ones that are, are the, sometimes the most valuable ones because you're yeah. trying to get any kind of revenue into the businesses you can. Yeah. That's yeah, a struggle. Okay. Aaron, you're up next. You know, I, I think one one big lesson that I've learned for myself is to um, trust trust my gut um, when it comes to things like um, if something isn't working, like if it's, if it's significantly not working, like if it's in your team, if it's um, you know with a product, if it's with a partnership, um, and in your heart you know that it's wrong. Um, the longer you persist in that in that path, the worse it's going to get. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have definitely learned, you know, from from sad experience that that can really destroy you. It can destroy relationships um, and it can it can harm the business and slow down the business significantly. There are multiple things that we've we both did this in the past um, over over the years that we've been working on this where, you know, we kept pushing the pushing it down the road like, oh, it'll get better. You know, don't. and, you know, had we just made decisions long ago. It would have saved us a lot of heartache, a lot of money, and a lot of time. So I think there's times when we when we're we're not focused on what's right for the business. And you know, sometimes we just have to make the hard decisions and do the hard things that we don't want to do. And 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 really one of the things that helps help me to define now whether or not it's something that that I need to just address and take care of is the why why am i not doing it is it mm -hmm. is the why because it's not good for the business or is the why because it's uncomfortable um i'm afraid it's going to hurt a relationship you know those types of things 
the, the business has got to come first. It has to come first before everything else. And the longer that we allow things to continue hurting the business, the worse it'll get. It doesn't get better. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I, now, I have to be honest with you. A lot of the times when I have faced that myself, where in my gut, I know I have to do this, but I'm a very analytical person. And so I want to have like the data points to analyze and so on. But the problem with being an entrepreneur and you're wearing many hats and there's always, you know, your to-do list is way longer than the amount of time that you have to complete it. It's really easy, I find, to kick it down the road a little bit because I want to sit and think about it, but I can't find that time or I don't intentionally carve out that time to really fully think it through and then make the decision. And so what I do, even though my gut tells me I should be doing it, I defer it into the future and then it just becomes a mess later on. I don't know. Is that relatable to you guys too? Yeah, I would say absolutely. It's it's funny that you say that because this is a conversation that Aaron and I have had many, many times. It seems like um, entrepreneurs that are doing it for, for quite a while start to get to a point where they're very practiced and very and very skilled at shooting from the hit. Yeah. Shooting from the hip and trusting their trusting their gut. Because the faster that you can make decisions, the faster you'll find success. And ev- and even if you make a decision that wasn't the right decision. Um, you have to be very adaptable and very flexible. This is this is probably the thing that I would say is is the third most important thing is you have to be extremely flexible on on what happens. We've had to pivot a few times in our business. We've had to change uh, decisions that we've made. We've had to change the product features that we wanted to have, uh, and so being able to be to to adapt to those very very quickly is is absolutely essential. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I think thank you for uh, transitioning into the third one. And now what I want to do, though, is I want to get into your company. So tell me, what is it that soon, you know, what problem is it that soon is is uh, trying to solve out there? Um, tell me a little bit about the business. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's there's a lot of problems that soon solves for people. And, you know, like you mentioned before, we're focused in kind of the investing space. We're in the fintech space, consumer fintech. And right now, focused on cryptocurrencies. And you know, if you look at the crypto economy as a whole, um, the probably the biggest issue right now is adoption. It's something mm-hmm. like eighty percent of Americans that have never invested in crypto. So it, it's there's there's a huge amount of people that still aren't involved, and we're still very early. Uh, but if you look at the reasons why people aren't investing, obviously it's volatile, it's risky, um, and and that's that's not uh, it's a scary thing to get into. But the other one of the other probably the second biggest reason is because it's so complicated, it's really technical, and for the average person, you know, it's it's an intim- it's an intimidating process to do all the research to learn, um, and get over that kind of that hump to start trying crypto. So we we kind of solve both of those issues and other issues as well. Um, our product is really simple. It makes it very easy for somebody who's never invested or somebody who has invested in the past and maybe had a bad experience um, because we automate everything. So every aspect of investing is automated. Uh, so so our customers, they don't need to have any prior experience. Uh, they don't need to do any research. They don't need to... Um, speculate on the market or try to time the market. There's no emotional roller coaster, right? It's, it's, it's very much a stress-free experience. Um, and so we, we really, what we've done is we've designed a product that takes care of all of those challenges for customers 
and makes it very, very easy, especially if it's your first time. You can jump onto soon and in about uh, a minute uh, or two, you're, you're up and running and you're investing and you've set it up and you can kind of forget about it and soon just starts working for you. Yeah. And it's, it's fascinating, I think, as well in the way that you guys have structured it so that the simplicity is there, but it also runs on the basis of a lot of really, um, you know, established invest, investing rules, right? Uh, that, that work. Uh, you have the dollar cost averaging, uh, that's going on. You've got the ability to set different trigger points, I think, as well, right? Um, and so it's, it's really interesting. And when I was thinking about it, it's kind of like day trading, um, you know, meets cryptocurrency, meets, uh, you know, a savings kind of, uh, app and that, you know, if they all got together and had a baby, it'd be soon really. <laughs> yeah, I would say absolutely. It's, this is one thing that we wanted to set out and solve. It's, it, there's a bit of a stigma when it, when it comes to day trading, as, as Aaron was saying, it's, it's difficult, it's complicated, but there are some sound investing principles out there. Like you mentioned, the dollar cost averaging, uh, diversifying your portfolio, taking the gains when you have them. And that's, that's exactly what we set out to do is create something that was following those principles, but in a way the user didn't have to worry about it or understand fully all of, all of the nuances of how to do it themselves. And so when we, when we set out to do this, we, uh, we put our heads together and tried to figure out how they would work together. And that's, and that's how soon came to life. Yeah. So tell me, you know, how that functions. So just so that our audience has a better understanding of exactly what the app does then. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's really simple. Um, basically you set up your account um, you connect your spending accounts um, and at a debit account. So what, what we do is we you're setting up a, an, a regular investment schedule. So every month you can invest a certain amount. Um, so let's say that uh, let's say that your deposit schedule is three hundred dollars a month. So three hundred dollars a month. We're going to pull. Um, sorry. Every, once a month, we're going to pull three hundred dollars into soon out of your bank account. And then and then it sits in a U.S. dollars and then we start investing it every day. We invest a little bit more. For 30 days. So it's called dollar cost averaging. So we'll take that $300 and we'll break it up into $10 a day into our portfolio of, of assets. Um, and so the, the investment, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to think about when to invest or what to invest. We take care of all of that for you. We also manage the transfer of money in and we manage the transfer of money out because what happens, we also automate the, the selling of crypto. So mm -hmm. when you connect your spending accounts, through uh, a service called Plaid or MX, um, we notified securely of your transactions. So let's say, for example, you walk into a, a coffee shop and you spend $5 on a cup of coffee. Our, our system will get notified of that transaction. And then we will automatically rank order all of your investments. And then we will sell up to $5 of your highest performing um, crypto gains. So, so it's $5 purchase that you made. We're going to sell up to $5 of your crypto gains. So we're reimbursing you for your purchase. And then we take the earnings from that sale and we send it right back to your bank account. So we're doing weekly payouts. So money is essentially flowing into soon. You're investing it from day to day without, real, without even having to worry about it. And then you're automatically taking gains and those gains are flowing right back into your bank account. So it's this flow that's coming out of your checking account, growing and then coming right back in, and it becomes available to you as quickly as, as you want. 
then we also uh, do some really nice things with, with taxes. So we take a portion of your earnings and we set them aside in, in another account we call a tax stash. And the tax stash is just a place for your taxes to sit until you're ready to actually go and file your taxes at the, at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and so really, it's all just totally automated. You don't have to follow the market. You don't have to decide when to buy or when to sell. Soon takes care of all of that for you. And it makes those funds available to you in the near term. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that this, this really blew me away when we first talked about what you guys have created is just the connection into the daily spending habits that one has as well. I, you know, I know of other apps in which you can set, you know, savings goals and, and that kind of thing, or you can top up your, your, your uh, purchase a little bit that throws in a few pennies every transaction into some sort of savings account. But you guys are actually automating the, uh, the the investing part of it to try to fund then the daily purchases, which is just a really novel way of approaching that. Where did that idea come from? How did you guys decide that this is something that uh, the market needed for one, uh, which I think is brilliant. And so I think people are going to really like it, but that uh, there was a gap there. Like where did the, the idea even come from? It actually started in a very different place. We were reading this book called Anti-Fragile. Um, by Nassim Taleb, and it talks about the idea that it, it often can be difficult, if not impossible, to predict the market. And yeah. so the uh, the thing, the idea that we came to is that we want to take the gains when they're available, and we didn't want to uh, have some sort of a trigger that uh, liquidated your gains when the market um, is moving. We we instead wanted to have something that was disconnected from the market movements. And the thing, the idea that came to our mind is, well, what's what's less disconnected from actual market movements than uh, people's spending activity. You don't necessarily spend more or less when Apple stock goes up or down or when Bitcoin yeah. goes up or down. However, it does work as a good random trigger to say, okay, I have investments. I just went and, spend, uh, went and spent money. Let's see if I have some investments that are up so I can liquidate. And so then Aaron and I put our heads together and thought, well, you know, this is actually a really good idea because we can now tie it to something uh, that's also a, a pain point with with the economy crunching, uh, with, with things becoming a little bit more difficult. Money is often a lot more tight. And so this gives us the ability to have some investment that's growing for us, but then directly going back into our account and increasing our ability to to buy the everyday things that we need throughout the month. Yeah. 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 It's absolutely brilliant. I really love what you guys are creating there. Now, you had told me before we hit the record button that this is not the, you know, the where you thought you were going to be at anyway, in terms of iterations. There was lots of iterations that you guys have been building out the product. So talk to me a little bit about that and just the resilience one has to have when you're developing something like this and trying to figure out where that development pro or pathway is going to take you, I guess. Mike, you should take that one. Yeah, so we we originally sought out, uh, thought that we were going to build a, a debit card. So we started to put the process together of of releasing our own our own debit card because it's closer to your spend. We even had some some iterations before that where we wanted to just be a a, a like a gold backed market, but it changed so often because one of the things that we realized very quickly with with the debit card is that there's a lot of of things that you have to do with the partnerships that you have the banking partner was absolutely essential you had to have a lot of money to make sure that that you could secure a banking partnership uh, we ended up getting into uh, y combinator that 
the accelerator based out of San Francisco. And a strong sentiment uh, from our advisors out there was that we needed to be we needed to be able to release our product faster. It was taking us a long time, and so we we did put our heads together and started to think, oh, what what can we do to make sure that this is uh, something that we can release a lot more quickly. And so we originally were going to release with a debit card. We were also going to release with stock. We switched and pulled the debit card out and made it so you could connect any bank to, uh, to use your spending activity. And then mm-hmm. also we switched away from stocks and into cryptocurrency because it was easier to integrate with. We didn't have to handle things like the day, uh, the, the, the trading day ending, um, weekends, um, buy it's like stock buys and things like that and a handful of other regulatory pieces so we thought we were going to be in a very different place and i i picture the same thing will happen in the future as as uh, as we always say we're not we're not sure that we have product market fit yet until we until we actually uh until we're actually 100% confident that that we've reached it and we we're confident that we'll probably a- adapt and adjust and add more features and and change things as needed to get to that point. Yeah, so so Aaron on that adaptability piece when you're structuring the the business when you are trying to think through the culture that needs to basically be able to adapt how do you infuse that into the very DNA of the of the business that you've created? Oh man. I mean, I would say it starts, there's two big things. One is you, you've got to have the right founding team. That's, that's essential. And you got to be able to work together well. But the second thing is, you know, you have to change yourself. Like, like, Mm -hmm. and I think Mike, my kid on something really important earlier about perfectionism, we have really had to um, change our ideals and shift what we think and what we want. Really it's about, you know, I mean, I, I know it's been talked about a lot, but, you know, Eric Reese, Lean Startup, those concepts are really just core. Like, it's just living that, like, like it's your religion almost, like believing mm-hmm. it deeply and letting it soak into your soul. Like, you, you've, got to, you've got to get to um, something you can test as quickly as possible and stop making assumptions about what people are going to want or what the market's going to, what's going to work. And you got to get something out there and, and, and then find ways to test it. And then, to, and then you have to be able to measure it like, and, and know whether or not your measurements are working and you have to do that as fast as possible. I, I can't tell you how much money we spent before we started to actually get something we could test. And, it, you know, and, and we had to make changes internally to our culture. Um, but it started with ourselves. And I think, you know, early on, there was a lot of, I think one good sign uh, as to whether or not you've made the, the cultural change is um, what is causing disagreements early on when you don't have a product, when you don't have any data, what are you fighting about as a founding team? Um, are you fighting about, Hey, we need to get something out there and test it immediately. Or are you fighting about like, no, I want this feature or that feature, right? Like that's a good indicator as whether, as whether or not your culture is in the right place. Um, and so, you know, I, I think, I think it just, a lot of it comes down to each individual founder has to change themselves and has to shed that off. What, what really helped us was going through Y Combinator, frankly, like we, there were things that we knew we needed to change about our culture and things that we needed to change about ourselves. And it just, it was hard to do. And when we were left to ourselves, it was hard to, 
get to that point, there were times where one person would be like, we've got to get a beta, beta out. And then, then that person would retreat and be like, no, features. And then another person would come out. But it wasn't like all of us were there at the same time pushing for it. And once we got into Y Combinator, it was like, you know, we, we, we were fortunate to have really smart people who we respected and we trusted. And we knew that what they said was, was basically right. And then they started pounding these things into us. And, mm-hmm. and at that point it was like, okay, we've got to shed all of the, 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 the weight that is just holding us back. We've got to change our attitudes and our, and our, our mental approach to things. We have to change from the core inside, inside out. And that process of change was extremely painful. I, yeah. I can tell you that it was so, so painful on, in multiple levels. We had to change our business. We had to rethink how our team was structured. We had to, you know, rethink our personal attitudes and approach to things that we were excited about and passionate about. And we had to let go of things like that. We were, that we cared about a lot that we really shouldn't have cared about. Um, and, and, I'm, and, and I, we're still not there. Like I, I see, I th- still think we have more change that needs to, needs to happen, but that's the, that's the path. I mean, the, the path really has to be uh, mental discipline and commitment to those, to those lean startup principles. Yeah. So Mike, when, when you guys hit that wall, like as individuals, as, as uh, partners, uh, you can lean on each other, but as an individual to just try to keep moving forward, where do you find that strength? Uh, what, what do you do to, you know, keep that mental fortitude to, to just continue plowing forward when you're hitting walls um, and having to pivot, having to change and, and the frustrations that come with that? I'm so glad that you asked this question. This is this is probably the reason that we're as far as we are right now. Right now is is because I think Aaron and I have both figured that out. For me personally, it's it's my family. The whole reason that I'm doing this this business and this startup is to put my family in a place where uh, where we're financially stable, that we're able to uh, that we're able to afford the things that that we want to be able to do, and and that drive right there. Um, makes it makes it all worth it. Like we've we've spent years on this business and I honestly could not have done it if I didn't have the have the support of my my family. And mm-hmm. I if if we ever get to a point where it is causing too much damage on the family, then it's time to adjust. And and Aaron and I have had conversations like that before where we we know, hey, let, let's let's make sure that we're we're doing this for the right reasons. And it's that it's those right reasons that, that make it all worth it. If you're not doing it for the right reasons, then then you're much more prone to failure. Yeah, yeah. Now you're both um, multi-time entrepreneurs. You've both had other startups. Uh, I'm curious, Aaron, why entrepreneurship? What? Why does that call you? Um, there's a number of reasons. I think you know, and and piggybacking off of that last question a little bit, one of the things that drives me is to build something that helps people or that has a positive impact on the world at large, you know, and, and that's something mm-hmm. that like with soon specifically and the product we're building, we know it has the potential to help a lot of people. And so that kind of is part of what drives that. Um, but, you know, I think, sorry, what was the question again? More around entrepreneurship and, and what drives you to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like yes. why, why choose the entrepreneurial path? Yeah. So I think, I think part of it is, yeah, what I just said before, but also, um, 
you know, I, I've been an employee of multiple different companies and I've, I've seen, I've, I think early on, I started watching the founders of those companies very closely um, because they seem to live a different, they have a different path and a different life. Um, and there's obviously many different potential benefits of financial freedom to, to a large extent, the ability to grow wealth very quickly and then have the ability to do whatever you want with that wealth. Um, but also, you know, having the ability to blaze your own path and not be dependent on other people and feel like, you know, you have some, some type of independence in this world, um, for me is very important. I look at, I look at startups kind of like, almost like a, like a vineyard, you know, you have, you have people who, who labor out there in the vineyard and they're, you know, pulling the, the apples off the trees and everything, and they get to eat a few of the apples that fall off the tree. Um, but the, the harvest goes to the owner of the vineyard. And, and I always felt like with my jobs that I was working at, like, and they were generous to me, of course, but it was like, I, I'm only eating the apples that are falling off the tree. I want my own vineyard. I, I want to have that harvest come back to me because I want abundance in my life um, yeah. to open up all kinds of opportunities and options and, and have more control basically in choice. So I think there's, there's a lot there. I, earlier on, my, my dad um, kind of put in my head the the importance of of entrepreneurship and we we had a lot of little business like family business things that we that we tried and we would sell different things he he made us go door to door when i was a kid which was terrible i hated it um but it, it really taught me you know that like if if you want something you've got to go out and get it and you can create you you don't just have to be somebody who um kind of depends on other people around you you can actually go and create use your creativity and build something that can can produce residual revenue and 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 produce value for your family and and even potentially for others and and your descendants as well. So those things are super motivating to me uh, to be an entrepreneur. You know, one of the things that motivates me and and what I love about being an entrepreneur, uh, there are so many things, but one of them is instead of being a job taker. I'm a job maker, right? Like I get to create all these jobs and all these biz, uh, all these uh, families that are now supported from the things that we're doing within our business, right? It's it's the creation of all of that ripple effect, which I think is just such a wonderful thing as opposed to just being somebody who's taking a job. Um, you know, yeah. you know so it's 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 building the future, right? Building something bigger, society, the economic engine, everything else that goes along with it. I, I'm uh, I'm curious if uh, if both of you, and I'm going to start with you, Mike, um, could send a letter back in time to your younger entrepreneurial self. What would you tell that young Mike who's maybe going to start his first business? Oh, that's a really good question. I'd say one of the one of the first things that I would say in the in the in the letter that I would write would be just release a product. <laughs> just, just get something out there. We we spent so many years trying to figure things out without releasing a product. And if we had just released something from the very beginning, we would have we would have been able to pivot faster. We would have been able to get to revenue faster. We would have been able to to realize that we, what we were doing is right or wrong faster, and we would have avoided years of heartache. Like yeah. going back to the things that the thing that I said earlier, where I'm doing this for my family, we went through years uh, of uh, of time where 
we weren't exactly sure what was going to happen. It was all kind of up in the air and we had, it was, it was always the promise of, Oh, we're, we're eventually going to release a product. We're eventually going to release a product. We're eventually going to release a product. When we finally did. And I, when we finally did release a product, Aaron and I sat back and we're like, man, what an incredible feeling. We finally have a product out there that's, that's making money. And, and the letter that I would write back to myself is that you should never, ever have that feeling. You should never feel excited that after several, several, several years, you finally released a product. Instead, right. it should be like, okay, I've got this really cool idea. Here's the smallest amount of stuff that I can do to make this right and to get it out and test it. And I'm going to get that out. And then uh, the second thing that I would say is, is don't, don't spend um, zero time on your own mental health and your own family health. You need yeah. to make sure that, that you are in a good place because you cannot be a good founder and you cannot innovate the way that you need to and iterate the way that you need to if your mental health and your family health are not in the right place. I'd like to dig into that one just a little bit more before we move on to you, Aaron. And, and, and so what do you do, Mike, for the mental health aspect of it? So how do you control or manage that? Sometimes it's, it's important to just pull yourself out. Go, go see a movie with your family. Take, take the kids sledding. Go, go play some, some game. Just take a nap. Like, just think, think back to the fact that even though doing this startup is hard, it's better than what it could be if you weren't doing it or, or if you were doing something else. Those yeah. kinds of little moments that you have to remember why you're doing it are, are essential for mental health. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Aaron, you're up next. What would you tell your younger entrepreneurial self? I, I thought I had it. And then Mike like spurred so many thoughts in my mind with the answer. <laughs> Such a good answer. Um, you know, uh, I would say one one thing is, I'm going I'm to say, sure, three things real quick. One thing is learn, learn to be present and learn to recognize mm -hmm. that when, 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 when you're feeling panicked, it means, it doesn't mean that the thing that you're panicked about is the problem. There's something else inside that is the problem. Mm -hmm. um, panic is not helpful. It doesn't, it, it's fear-based and it, it, it's, it's almost always what the thing that, that I have felt panicked about is it ends up being the wrong thing. Um, it usually means I need to spend more time in meditation or I need to get myself right mentally, spiritually, emotionally. Um, I need to sleep more. I need to whatever, eat food, whatever it is I need to do, exercise or rest. Hmm. So, so th that's one thing. The other thing that I would say, there's, there's two other things. Um, it would be to learn in what ways I need to trust myself. So I, I think I had it backwards. Um, I have had it backwards for many years. The areas that we, we should trust ourselves um, most likely have to do with um, when, when we know something is off in our, in our team or our partnerships um, and our culture. Those, those, are, those are areas typically where um, when you, you can feel it, like at least for me, you can feel and know in your heart. And, and, and it's important to, to be true to those, those, those feelings and those promptings inside of your heart. Um, the areas where I shouldn't trust myself is when I make assumptions about what the product needs to be or what customers are going to want. And I feel like I was, I, for many years, I was extremely confident in my um, assumptions about what the product needed to be or what customers were going to want. And um, 
and then I wasn't as confident in my, my gut feelings about culture and team and those kinds of things. And th- that needs to switch. The, the confidence level should be very low on what the, what the, what the uh, market actually wants. It should be extremely low, almost zero. Um, you need to have something. So you have something to start with and go test out and, 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 and um, to try. But um, your like assumptions about what the market wants should should remain an assumption. It's not known. It's not sure. It is very much unsure. And so whatever whatever theory um, we have, the goal is to go and test that theory and throw it out as quickly as possible when the data says it's not working. Mm-hmm. So I would I would that's what my letter would be back to myself. Yeah. Very good. Well, thank you guys. I really appreciate the, you know, the sharing of all of this uh, vulnerability and, and some of the things that, uh, it, you know, you guys have learned along the way. There's so many lessons in the journeys that we've been on. Um, and so there's a lot of people listening today that I'm sure really got a lot out of it. And I'm also certain that a lot of them would be interested in following your guys' journey a little bit more and finding out more about soon. So um, what's the best way to either connect with you guys or follow along uh, on your guys' journey? Yeah, I mean, I would say for sure you can go to soon.app. Um, and I, the number one thing that we would love is if is if people would try out the app. So we're available to um, U.S. Red- residents right now. Uh, we hope to expand further in the future. Um, but if you're a U.S. resident, you can go to soon.app or you can go to the app stores and search for soon crypto um, or soon investing um, and and it should pop right up. And we would love your feedback. Um, you can also follow us on social. Um, you can get to our social handles uh, on our website down in the footer. Um, so, you know, please follow us. And if you'd like to connect on LinkedIn, um, I'm sure you could just search our names and we'll pop right up and we'd be happy to just give us a message to that you heard about us on this podcast and we'd love to connect with you. And, but yeah, we definitely want your feedback on the app. Sounds great. And for those of you who are wondering soon is spelled just as the word normally is, it's not some funky, interesting spelling that oftentimes it companies or or companies in this space will come up with. It's S O O N dot A P P. So check them out. And uh, thank you once again, everybody, for listening today to this episode. If you are interested in checking out some other stories, head over to our archives at amplifyyourbusiness.ca. That's where you're going to find all our past episodes and future episodes. And of course, just search Amplify Your Business on your favorite podcasting platform, and you'll find us there as well. And one final question, actually, just to throw in here a little extra for those who listen right to the very end. Where does the name soon come from? <laughs> Okay, Aaron, you definitely have to answer this one. This is this is a fun story. <laughs> I mean, we we uh, we had another name originally, and um, unfortunately, we had to shift away from it uh, because somebody else was too close. Um, we liked that name too, but um, we we looked at thousands of names, and when we really thought about the the challenges that face people in their lives, their financial challenges, like. Everybody has dreams. Everybody has hopes. Everybody wants to improve their life or increase their financial choice in some way. There's a, there's something that we all want to do, whether it's go on a trip or buy a car or, you know, or, or like just get out of debt, whatever it may be. And almost always there's a financial aspect to those things. And so oftentimes the word soon is associated with the things that we hope for. You know, you may even say it out loud, like, ah, soon, I'll I'll get to that soon. I'll be able to do that soon. And soon is designed to generate wealth for you in the near term. And, and so we can, we can give you opportunity. 
um, that allows you to have potentially more buying power or more financial choice. That's so far for our customers, we've been able to, to provide that for a lot of people. Now, yeah. I, I do need to add a caveat real quick because we didn't mention this earlier. We also have a, a feature within our tool, within our app that allows you to do long-term investing. You can reinvest. So basically we can just compound and you can decide how much you want to come out every week and how much you want to reinvest. And so soon really will fit any financial needs, but it's the fact that we give you the choice um, in the near term and you're weekly getting that, that, that extra cash into your bank account. Um, that's our, our promise that we can, uh, we can help you to live your life and live your, the lifestyle you want soon. Yeah, no, it sounds awesome, guys. And thank you so much once again. Really appreciate you taking the time today. 